0: Like, I woke up, literally, my phone was blowing up on, um, like, tens of calls and messages from my family, from strange numbers, from the Miss Iraq organization. And, yeah, basically, that's, you know, what I spoke with my family, I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, the picture you took, like, we were getting death threats.
1: My guest today is Siri Dunn. In 2017, Sarah was crowned Miss Universe Iraq and selected to compete in the Miss Universe pageant. During the pageant, Sarah posed for a photograph with Miss Israel, Adar Gandelsman, and shared it on her Instagram as an expression of peace and love. Immediately following the post, Sarah received hostile criticism, hateful comments, and death threats directed at her and her family. This experience linked Sarah and her Israeli counterpart in a story that sent ripples throughout the entire Middle East region solely because she, an Iraqi, posed with Adar, an Israeli. I recently sat down with Sarah, and we talked about how her Instagram post was the start of a journey that connected Muslims and Jews, Arabs and Israelis, towards tolerance, mutual understanding, and peace. Sarah, thanks so much for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate it. I've been looking forward to it for the last couple of weeks when you told me you were coming on the show, and I've been watching YouTube, uh, videos about you, podcast, and absolutely amazing stuff.
0: John, thank you for having me.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so let's start from the beginning because I remember this. I can't believe it's 2017 when this happened. It literally seems like yesterday. I I remember it was really big news that you took a selfie uh, at Miss Universe, at the Miss Universe pageant with Miss Israel, and that just set your life in a totally different course, which I guarantee you did not even think would happen from that. So could you just tell us from that point, you were at the pageant. The pageant, I think, was in Las Vegas? Yes. Okay, so pick it up from there.
0: So, yeah, basically, I went to, you know to Miss Universe Pageant. I was really excited. You know, it was the first year that Iraq joined the pageant since the 70s. So I was, you know, welcomed, like all the girls, they were excited to meet me, like the staff, they were really excited. And yeah, you know, part of the pageant, like when I went there, I remember like all the countries, they were walking up to me, they wanted to meet me because Iraq is back in the pageant, except for Adar, she was afraid to approach me and we were doing a photo shoot and I basically, I saw her, we waved at each other and then she came over and she said she was... uh, she was told not to approach me. Okay, said, so Gandelzman. Well, yeah, this I'm,
1: is this is our Dar, mm-hmm. This is our dark who was is Miss Ms. Israel. Miss Israel.
0: Okay, so yes. you and her, yes. you're at the
1: pageant. She's scared. Mm-hmm. You, she sees you. Well, you see her, right? You smile at her. You just say hello because you're pumped. Mm-hmm. you everyone is coming over. You're you a superstar celebrity there. Iraq's first time back, and you're just being friendly, right? You're nothing yes. more than that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead.
0: Yeah. And yeah, basically she told me, they told her not to approach any of the Arab countries because it could cause the Arab girls problems. And I told her, I said, no, I said, that's fine. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. I said, if anything, like we need to show the world, like we need, to, we need to take a picture, show the world. We don't have an issue. I said, you know, this pageant, like we're supposed to be peace ambassadors. We, we're supposed to set an example for the girls out there. And we took a photo and we just captioned it, you know, peace and love from uh, from Miss Iraq and Miss Israel. It was not political. Um, you know, there was nothing in it that should have caused all the rage. Okay, wait, wait. That let, I let, got. let me let me stop
1: you. Let me stop you. Um, when yes. you took that Instagram, right? When you took that selfie rather.
0: Yes, I took the selfie and she also took a selfie okay. with her phone and we both posted it at the same time. But, but
1: there was nothing there was no like wait. I thought I got a great plan to get a lot of publicity. Let's take a photo. You and I, that's not what was going through your head, right?
0: No, not really. Like in that moment, I was meeting all these girls, if anything, like I should have went and took pictures with Miss Venezuela or Colombia because they're always, you know, they're always going to win. Or South Africa, like these are the top countries that they have, the top followers and the top support in the universe. Um, no, we were like a small countries that really no one is thinking of. It's basically, you know, like if you're playing soccer and like, and you know, Brazil is at the top, you know, in Spain. And there is this like, you know, Ukraine, like the little countries that no one cares about. Um, So, yeah, no, I honestly like when I took it, I was just thinking, you know what, like I'm there and I need to be and behave as good as I possibly can. And I need to use this time to influence people in a good way. But I wasn't even thinking like, you know, as a lot of people, they know I was born and raised in Iraq, but I, I've been living in the U.S. since 2009 and I'm an American citizen. So it did not even cross my mind when I took the picture that people would have problem because I live here in the U.S. And I thought that this ideology was just like, you know, Saddam and Ba'athist party that they installed in Iraq, you know, to hate Israel. I didn't realize that it existed after I left. And it was because, apparently, because of the Iranian regime influence in Iraq. So, yeah, I just took the photo. I went to sleep. And I didn't expect it. Like, I woke up, literally, my phone was blowing up. on um, Like, tens of calls and messages from my family, from strange numbers, from the Miss Iraq organization. And... Yeah, basically, that's, you know, when I spoke with my family, I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, the picture you took, like, we were getting death threats. They got a phone call. They got a death threat already. Like, it was probably, I don't know. Like, I went and I took the photo. Maybe it was, like, around 8 p.m. And I went to sleep and I woke up the next day. It took maybe 12 hours, I think, for them, like, to get that, which is insane. And, yeah, basically, during even that time when I took the photo and I posted it, They kept us, like, in Miss Universe, they kept us so busy that we didn't actually have time to check our social media. Like, I barely had the time to uh, go and post something, you know, so I didn't read the comments. Like, I know my Instagram was blowing up just because I won Miss Iraq and I was going to Miss Universe, so I was getting notification all the time. I never checked them, and... Yeah, they kept us busy. We would wake up at 5 a.m., and we had to be, like, downstairs by 6 or 7, and we don't get back to our rooms until 11 p.m., sometimes until 12. We're tired. We're exhausted. So we had to make sure we just, you know, whenever we get the time, I will post something. And if I don't post, you know, like the Miss Iraq, they're like, why are you not posting? People need to see what you're doing, you know, in Miss Universe. So I would just post and leave my phone and not even check, and I found out from my family and from the Miss Iraq organization um about the death threats and yeah and I spoke with the director, Ahmed Leith, and he told me that I needed to take down the picture and he was yelling at me and saying, um wait, wait, who, he who, said you know what this, you've done. Who's, who's
1: yelling at you now? Uh-huh. Who is this who's yelling at Sorry. You? Who was yelling at you?
0: He was sorry?
1: Who was yelling at you?
0: Oh, the director of Miss Iraq Organization, Ahmed Leith.
1: Okay, so so this was a He's, to mm-hmm. him. What you did, you might think, yeah, you know, not a big deal, but this was a big deal on that level. And your parents are living where now? They're living in Iraq or they're in America?
0: No, they left Iraq. I'd rather not discuss where they live right now, you know, okay, for their cool. safety. That's cool. So, um, where are they getting these? They're getting
1: death threats. People are calling them up.
0: They got, they got, they got death threats, and I, I sincerely, I doubt that. I think that maybe they miss Iraq. They were the ones who sent them that to intimidate them, to force me to take down the pictures because they, you know, they were in touch with my family. They, they had my family's phone number when I was in Iraq. My mom went with me and, you know, and, and she met uh, with the director and all of that. So I think they were the ones behind it. Like, to it, me, it's impossible. How can they get, you know, a death threat from a strange number like so fast, you know? But the Miss Iraq, they basically, uh, they told me that they had the Minister of Culture and Tourism or something like that. They, the ministry called them and they said, we will take your license. And, uh, and basically, uh, they were telling me, they said, you know, what you did is like you're being traitor to the country. And uh, like they would take you to jail. They would kill you. Like you need to take down the picture. And I said, I didn't, I kept saying I didn't do anything wrong. And they said, yeah, you did. Like you spoke on the behalf of Iraqis, like you're supporting the Israeli government. I said, I'm not supporting the Israeli government. All I said, peace and love from Miss Iraq and Miss Israel. This is about the people. This is not about governments. And they said, OK. They said, we will literally make an announcement right now and we will say, you don't represent Iraq. We took the title away from you and you cannot compete or you need to delete it. And I said, I'm not going to delete it. I said, because people already saw it. And if I delete it, I will just look like I'm an idiot who doesn't know how to act or, you know, or doesn't have an opinion. Like, if anything, this will make me look bad, not just for the Iraqi people, even in front of the Miss Universe. I said, so no. I said, the best thing I can do is write a statement and say this was not a political post and... I don't mean to harm the Palestinian cause. And basically they wrote down the statement like they finished it and they said I don't support the Israeli government policies in the Middle East, all of that. And yeah. And that's what I had to post right, you know, right after like the picture. And but it didn't stop the hate.
1: Wait, wait before, and before, if that, before anything, that because of Wait before that, before sorry, that one yeah. sec. So you get calls from the Iraqi organization that's in charge of this. They threatened mm-hmm. to take away and expel you from the contest, from the pageant. Your parents, I think they're probably scared now, right? They're getting they're getting death threats. So are they, mm-hmm. are they a little upset at this point? Like, are they saying, no, Sarah, actually, take down the were, thing?
0: No, no, no. So it, it's really interesting. So I talked to them, and they were the only thing I would say that could have caused me to delete the picture. But instead, they said, don't delete it. They said, no, keep doing what you're doing. Like, we're leaving Iraq. I said, are you sure? And they said, yeah, we're sure. Because I already had family members who are living in another Arab country. And they said they were just going to move and stay with my other siblings. And they left within three days.
1: They left where? They left where? This Arab country? They left
0: Iraq. Yeah, they went to a different Arab country. So
1: there in Iraq, when you're getting all these threats, and your parents are telling you, don't take it down. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, they said it's not your fault. They said this country, sorry, effed up. Basically, that's what they said. And yeah, they said, just continue doing what you're doing.
1: Okay, so and, so, so wait, let me ask you something. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I thought we run a different history here. So I did not know. I thought we had. Uh, we went into America, went into, and I think you served, you didn't, I don't think, I know you served in the U.S. Army, right, as a translator.
0: I, as a translator. As a
1: translator, right. So that was a pretty serious position because if you were caught by the other side, they wouldn't, especially a woman, they wouldn't treat you so kindly, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. So you volunteer in what, 2009 or so? 2008. 2000. Said again, we got a squelch there. 2008 okay two, how old are you at 2008 about
0: i was 18 i actually got the job on my birthday in <laughs> February.
1: what motivated you a good iraqi girl who grew up in a probably a very nice traditional family what promoted you to join the united states army in iraq
0: i'll tell you okay so it's really it's a bit. It might be a little bit of long story. I don't know. Like, are you willing to listen to that? Because hey, I, I gotta I, go back I, in I, history.
1: I own, I own the podcast, <laughs> so we could be here all day. So go ahead.
0: Um, so you know, I grew up under Saddam dictatorship, and throughout, like, for 13 years under Saddam dictatorship, we've been told that the U.S. they hate us. They want to kill all of the Iraqis. Like, you know, we only had like three TV channels controlled by Saddam. And, you know, like you go like in the streets and everywhere you see like, you know, they they wrote death to America, death to Israel, the Palestine will be liberated. These are, they were, you know, their slogans. And, um, you know, for 13 years, it was not an easy life. And no one likes Saddam. I don't think anyone except maybe the people who worked directly for him. But we all, you know, we used to joke about him. We used to make fun of him and... You know, like we see him, you know, he's on TV, like smoking his Cuban cigars, wearing his fur and the people cannot even find, you know, money like to eat. We were under siege and he kept us in poverty. So, no, we did not like him. But at the same time, we didn't know what was going on in the world. We were like in a bubble, basically. It's like North Korea. We have no way of reaching, you know, the outside world of talking to anyone to find out what's going on. And uh, basically, yeah, so when uh, when the invasion happened and when the U.S. came in, I remember I was on the street playing soccer with my friends. We were on the freeway, and we had no idea that the U.S. came in. There was no electricity, nothing. <laughs> so we didn't know. They Literally, the convoy just came in, and I remember I saw uh, the convoy, and I saw, like, the tanks and the Humvees, and I looked at them like, what is that? are those aliens? You know, like to me, it looked like aliens. Like my mind could not comprehend. You know, when you, when you watch sci-fi to me, it was like sci-fi watching these alien ships like coming. Okay. And, so wait, so this, let
1: me just set this. Yes. This is 2000 <laughs> 2003. You're a 13 year old girl. Yeah. You're playing soccer. And all of a sudden you see American mm-hmm. troops come in. And that night, I think, I don't know how many sorties we had. We just came in there big time. And, uh, you, in your neighborhood, there weren't any bombs going off in your neighborhood?
0: No, I mean, during the bombing, yeah, we were bombed. You know, there was a school, like my school, actually. It was like two blocks from my home. And what Saddam did during uh, the war, he literally, he put, uh, what do you call them? Like the anti-plane or something. M- like, they, you know, they shoot rockets. Right, they, right. Yeah. So, so
1: anti anti-aircraft. Yeah,
0: anti-aircraft. Yeah, he put, he, he put his military in those like in every school, in every neighborhood. And I remember when during the war, when an airplane would fly and we hear it and then they start shooting at the airplane and my dad would just curse at the people and curse at Saddam. He's like, well, you stop shooting. Like they're going to bomb the entire neighborhood. They're going to kill us. So even in that moment, we knew if we were going to die, it's because of Saddam and his strategy, the strategy of literally putting military in neighborhoods civilian, in zone and that's actually
1: right. Civil, yeah and that's what
0: happened right. that's what happened they you know they bombed the school and i remember because of the explosion all the glass in our home was shattered and sh- some sharp nails came through like from the back you know and it was crazy like you know and it's all because of his military strategy that doesn't you know uses us as expandables or whatever you know and um and basically, yeah. So we did not like him, you know. We wanted him gone, and but when the U.S. came in, we like we we didn't know what was. First of all, I'll tell you this: not a single Iraqi who was living in Iraq thought that the, there would be U.S. invasion. Not a single one. So this is why it came as a shock and surprise. Why, why, because why, before why, that, why, why you know, we you had. Think, n-
1: but what did you think that? What What made you so positive that the U.S. would never invade?
0: Because, first of all, we had no news. We had only the Ba'ath regime news. We had only three channels, and they told us what they believed. And also because, I, you know, we had only tours, like with the U.S., where we had bombing in 1990, and then we had uh, another bombing. It was 1998, I think, like during Clinton. It was like happened for a couple of days. And every now and then they would bomb us like for a few days and it stops. So I remember um, at the time, no one thought there was going to be invasion. I remember I used to, I used to uh, like right before the war, like there was a time when things got a little bit weird and strange and there was like quiet. And I remember I always used to wake up, like I used to wake up at like 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. because it's the only time where you could get a signal on the radio and you get some radio stations that Saddam, like because they try to, uh, they use something like to block the gem, radio the so we cannot the, hear the radio. And there was one channel is called qanat al it means the resistance. And there was another one called Radio Sawa, which was Lebanese. And I used to wake up uh, like, you know, very early, like 4 a.m. just to hear them because it's the only time you can hear them. And I remember I heard Radio Sawa, which is Lebanese, Lebanese, but it's also, it's international news. And it's very recognized. And I would hear them like a little bit. And I heard they're sending, I don't know how many thousands of soldiers they reach the Gulf. And I heard that. And I remember I went to my dad. I said, dad, I said, I think there's going to be invasion this time. He's like, no. Nah. I'm like, dad, I heard it on the radio. It's like, no, nah. like you hear many things on the radio. It's just, they're just going to bomb us for a few days. That's going to be it. But I had a little bit of suspicion that it might be different only because I was hearing thousands of soldiers coming. They just reached, you know, uh, uh, their ships like they were in Saudi Arabia or something like they were in the Gulf, like preparing to invade. And I heard all of that on radio. So, uh, so yeah, none of the Iraqis thought there was going to be invasion. We thought, they, you know, the U.S. is going to bomb us for, you know, maybe a month. And they will retreat. So, so bombing, but,
1: bombing was like, like it was like, and you know, all right, they'll bomb us. It's, like, it's like for an mm-hmm. American, it's so weird to even think that, you know, that all right, we're going to be bombed today, and so school might blow up. <laughs> so you're saying, all right, so the bombing it'll be over soon, and that was it. So, mm, so th- yeah. this is a 13 year old girl who's saying this now, right? You're listening to the radio, okay? Your parents are telling you, go back to sleep. It ain't happening so now you're playing soccer it's 2003 yeah you see convoys of u.s troops coming in and what are you thinking
0: well first i was i i froze in my place i couldn't move and i was like what is that because the way that they came there were like buildings so i didn't see them when they approached they were like already too close you know to me so uh I just froze. And first I was trying, my mind was trying to comprehend what, what is that? I don't understand. Are those aliens? <laughs> what is going on? And then all of a sudden, like I see the tank and I saw the gun and I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, that's a military. Oh my God. Is this U.S. military? I had no idea because, you know, and we also had sandstorm going on <laughs> during that. It's, you could barely also see. And, um, all of a sudden, like you know, they got too close, and I remember my girlfriends like were they were playing with me, and they were all little, and they were like hiding behind me, you know. And I, I basically, I you know, I, I remember I saw the gun, the gunner at the, on the tank. Like he he moved his gun like this, like towards me, and I saw this like red laser. It was like in my face, like blinding me, and I just said, "Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, ashhadu Muhammadar Rasulullah." You know, that's the prayer you recite before you think you're dying or something for Muslims. <laughs> it's our death prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I said that and, you know, and like I thought they were going to shoot me, they were going to kill me. And then all of a sudden the the guy, like, uh, you know, who is moving the gun, he did that. And then he was like, nah, I'm just joking. And he was laughing. And I was like, Oh, ha, 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 like laughing nervously. How close was he? How
1: close was he to huh? you? Huh? How close was he?
0: I, I don't know. How, how how would how would I describe it in uh how can I describe it? It's like I, I I really don't know. Like we use meters, like I don't know, it's a, so he, so he, a bit different. I would say he's like um
1: so he's 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 close. I, I really don't know. He, okay, he's close enough. He,
0: but he's cl- he's close that enough you that, him, I that you could see him. That you could see his, him and you could and that see his. I could eyes. see okay. him. Yes. Okay. And they, they kept moving. They kept moving. They did not stop. And uh, and then he he was like hi. And so we all like just started like waving back nervously, hi and smiling, like please don't kill us, like we'll wave, you know. <laughs> and then they uh, like they literally they came near us. They stopped and then they all came out. And they started giving us pamphlets and giving us flowers and giving us candy. And I'm like, what is going on? And I read the pamphlet and it said, "It said we are not here. Uh, we're not here to kill you. We're here to help you and free you from the Ba'ath regime. And I remember like I took it and I ran to my family. Oh, and it also, it said something really funny. Um, it said, if you know any Ba'ath party member, you need to turn them in. Help us, like turn turn in any bath party member. And I took it around. I ran to my family. I'm like, oh my god, they're here. The Americans are here. And I, you know, and I showed them the pamphlets, and they looked at us, and we all like we just looked at the pamphlet, and we started laughing hysterically because the you know, pamphlet said like uh, turn turn in any bath party member, and in Iraq, once you turn 13. You have to join the bath party. So by definition, oh. all my family were bath party except for me. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm gonna turn you all in. And we're laughing. Are we gonna turn in the entire Iraqi? <laughs> you know, but that should tell you how little the U.S. like they their misinformation. Like when they came in Iraq, they were not completely prepared. You know, that should tell you that we were laughing at their you know what they were asking of us. But anyways, that's when they started coming, like they came to our neighborhood and, uh, you know, they took off their helmets They were p- like playing soccer with us. They were just so nice. And, you know, they were trying to communicate and everyone was so happy. People were dancing with them. I don't know. I don't know if the U.S. media showed it. I hope it did. <laughs> you know, because I like when I come here, when I tell people that they're like, what we thought they were killing you, we thought I'm like, no, that's not how how it happened at all. You know, so, uh, yeah, basically they came like they were so sweet. And I remember, you know, we had uh, like amusement park, you know, like it was next to our home. And they basically they came and they brought like power generators and they generated them. So it was literally an American soldier sitting like operating the Ferris wheel and operating like all the things for us, you know, as kids and we're playing. And it was for free for the first time. We don't need to pay to get on the Ferris wheel. It was just a really weird, interesting, but also it was a fun time. And I remember at that time, this is when I really wanted to learn English because, you know, in in school, like they taught us the basics, like how are you good? What is your name? That's it, you know? And I started teaching myself English by listening to music. Mm. And, you know, that's when uh, they also, when the U.S. came, they... uh, they, they brought us satellites and every family installed satellites in their home. And all of a sudden we were getting um, from Europe, from the Middle East. And that's when we're finally, you know, outside of the bubble and we're watching and we can, we can see the world for what it is. And um, yeah, during that time, I, I remember like all I was thinking, I'm like, oh, my God, my whole life was based on a lie, you know, that the U.S. wanted us dead. They wanted us you know they wanted to kill us but they were so sweet and i liked i remember i was thinking how you know like looking at the soldiers how they were playing with kids how much they showed kids attention it's something that's not even in my own culture because in our culture you don't care about kids until they grow up and you know they're wow. they're not listened to and i saw that and i'm like oh my god they're so sweet and as a child i like that you know
1: these are American servicemen and women who you're seeing for the mm-hmm. first time. And some people mm-hmm. in our country just get it wrong and they just say they were bad, they were evil, they did this, that. And you are on the ground there and you see how they're caring and taking care. Of, of course.
0: Of I mean, listen, of course, there are bad apples in every, right. you know, in every in every military, you've got bad people. But I think as a number, not the majority, they were. Good, the majority wanted to help us. There were a few incidents where, yeah, bad things happened, like, you know, Abu like the prison, but those, that, that unit that got tried by the US, you know, for their crime, like, those are not the same as the entire military right, in Iraq. Right, 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 right. And, but, but they were used, they were used, the, the bad apples were used by the media, especially by channels like Al Jazeera, who hated the u.s and hated their presence in iraq they were used to say oh you know uh, u.s soldiers slaughtering iraqis blah blah it never happened they never went and shot at innocent people for no reason that never happened what did happen in 2004 when we had al-qaeda and we had qatar and we had iran and all these countries and people coming from all the way from afghanistan and pakistan and all like vying for power and we had this civil war and those terrorists just like saddam you know the islamic terrorists they don't care about iraqi people they would literally go and send their suicide bomber in in an iraqi market if they see you know american soldiers standing there and he would go and blow himself up killing u.s soldiers and killing like 20 iraqi people you know, and besides that, they would even like shoot at the U.S. soldiers while, you know, at the convoys, you know, while they're among people, they shoot rockets at the motors, you know, bullets. And this is when things started to go down because the U.S. would respond. You know, imagine you're in a convoy, you're being shot at, you shoot back and people are caught in the middle. And I would say because of that, some some uh, people like they started to harbor resentment because they would lose a family member. And to be honest with you, like those people, I understand why. But logically, they should not. They should be angry at the people who started, you know, shooting while their people were were around. It's kind of like this is why I'm very sympathetic when it comes to Israel. and Hamas It's exactly the same situation. You've got Hamas and Islamic Jihad they shoot at israelis they shoot from palestinian neighborhoods they don't mind putting their women and their children at the front to sacrifice them just to be martyrs and kill israelis it's the same situation so you know a lot of people they ask me why do you say this i'm like because i lived it i lived it in iraq and you know basically i when this when things like when we had the civil war Things were really bad in Iraq, like you couldn't walk. And that was like the first time I was forced to wear hijab. And if I walk outside, the militia would stop me. They're like, cover your hair. Your hair is showing you a little bit. And that's when my family we were living in a Shia majority neighborhood in Baghdad. But we were Sunni and we got a death threat. Like they left us like a bullet with paper saying leave or else. And we were the lucky ones. Because uh, many, many Sunni families, they were just slaughtered in their sleep. So we basically, we left our home overnight. We went to Syria. And uh, I remember like some strange Shia family. They literally came and they took our house and they were living there for like two, almost three years. We left, I think, in 2000, end of 2015 or beginning. I can't remember. We came back in the end of 2007. And... When we came back, it wasn't any better. We, we got back, but we couldn't uh, go back to our home. Like it, Only my mom, I remember, she, t- like she took me. She went there like to negotiate with the family and ask them to leave. Like Things were calming down, but the men were still not safe to come back. So my dad and my brothers had to go and live in Babylon, where my tribe is originally from, because they're protected by the tribe. And me and my sister, like I, you know, I, like we went there, and I just saw it, and I, I said, I have no future here. Like I don't see a future for myself. And I told my family, I told my mom, I said I'm sorry, I have no future here. I said I'm forced to wear hijab. I cannot even go to school. I like I can't do anything because even if you go to school, like the system was corrupt. Everything was corrupt, you know. Like it, it was, Iraq was like turning into kind of like the Islamic Republic in Iran, you know? And besides that, like, you go to school, you w- literally walk to school and you see, like, like literally c- uh, car bombs and suicide bombers on the road by the time I make it to school. Like, mm-hmm. it, you'll be lucky, you know, if you make it alive. So, you know, I saw that and I told him, I said, I'm sorry. I said, like, I, you know, I want to work with the U.S. military. But to be honest with you, right before we went to Syria... I did actually go to a U.S. checkpoint and I said, I want to work for you. So my plan was even like even after I saw everything that happened, like I knew it. I didn't want to be here. And I looked at the U.S. soldiers and said, if those people, this is how they behave. This is how they treat humans. I don't want to be here. I want to be in the U.S. Wow. And this is what a lot of people don't understand. And this is why I love this country so much. Because I saw a level of humanity that I did not see among my own people during the Civil War. We were killing each other, you know? And I remember I went uh, to a checkpoint, and I walked up to them, and I said, I want to work for you. Oh, my God, your English is good, but you're, like, you're tiny. Like, how old are you? I said, I'm 15. And they said, sorry. They said, come back to us, like, when you turn 18, then we can hire you. And that's literally when I went back on my 18th birthday. (laughs) Wow. And I got the job.
1: Wow, and the yeah. job was translator. And yes. you were translator. How long did you serve?
0: I was out um two years. I left uh, I started in February uh two thousand eight and I left almost two years and I left in November two
1: thousand and nine. It's a but
0: you know the
1: You know, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: it's so no no, it's a while. You know, I watch many units come and go, you know. <laughs> I work with many units. Yeah, uh, first I was with the first, uh, fourth ID infantry from Colorado, and then they left. And then we had the uh, Arkansas National Guards, and then we had Texan National Guards. <laughs> and yeah, it was, you know, it was a good time. But, uh, you know, like my job, even though I was a translator, that's not all what we did. Like my job was literally like doing everything that a soldier did. But you know, getting paid a salary like I was a translator and, and getting none of the benefits, <laughs> you know, that the uh, veterans had. That's That was a bit, uh, you know, but listen, the, the for me, like the biggest reward was to get a green card and come to the U.S. and become a U.S. citizen. Well, so,
1: so, so, That's when, all
0: I could ask for. When
1: did you come here? When did you come to the United States?
0: Um, in November 2009.
1: Okay, so you come to November 9th, So when you're at this pageant here, you're already acculturated to America. You've already seen, you've been through so much, mm-hmm. and, and you're 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 not thinking like an Iraqi. You're not thinking like a Muslim in a country that
0: I don't think I ever thought like an Iraqi. <laughs> and, and it sounds like it. That's true. To be honest, with true. So, to be honest with you, since I was a kid, no. Right.
1: So you were a rebel. You were a rebel. You you knew you had you had some inner compass telling you that this is not right. And you had the courage of your convictions, right? You
0: had the courage of your convictions. There were a lot of things, like yeah, in our society, even in our religion, that I did not agree with since I was a kid. You know, and I thought they were unfair. I even like I remember, like you know, growing up, like when I was a like teenager, like when I was, uh, I'm sorry, sorry, Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I got a uh, got another call and I rejected it. I remember even like when I was a kid, like I wished that I was a guy. I seriously wish that I was a boy and I used to cut my hair like really short just so that I can go and play soccer, you know, with the uh, with the other kids because you reach, like you reach an age um, when you're like 10 or something, like, you know, you cannot go. As a girl, you cannot go on the street and play. Like, you know, your family have to keep you inside the home. And I remember I would pretend that I'm a guy and I made, you know, people call me Ahmed and I... Mm. You know it's really sad, it's
1: really sad. Wow, 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 okay. Mm. So when you now, now now you set the stage for me, Sarah. So now I, I definitely got <laughs> a much bigger picture of who you are and that and that, that 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 spirit that you have of doing the right thing and knowing what the right thing is without being told what it is. So when you saw Miss Israel there, you it was nothing to you. You were not thinking, there was no planning, there was no anything. You served in the in the United States Army. You've seen this country. You've been living here. So it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting all these threats. What happens after that? You stand strong, you say, I'm not retracting. I'm not doing I'm not listening to you people anymore. What do you do
0: from that point on? So I remember, you know, I tried like I tried to delete as many comments and you know on my Instagram and I remember that was the first time I actually got a message on Instagram that said "Harakat al al-Islamiya," and they said, "Consider yourself dead." And I remember I was with my roommate Miss Egypt, and I looked at her. I said, "What is Harakat al al-Islamiya?" They're telling me, "Consider yourself dead. Uh, if you ever step in an Arab country, consider yourself dead." So like I don't know what is that, and we googled it, and it came up as Hamas. <laughs> And uh Wait, what do you mean? What, what, part, do you was,
1: what do you mean you googled it and it was Hamas? How do you know what what was Hamas?
0: So Harakat al apparently Hamas is oh, the anacronym.
1: Aviation. The anachronym for Hamas, yeah, yeah. I guess. Gotcha, gotcha.
0: <laughs> yes. So I didn't even uh. know. And so I'm like, oh my God, Hamas are sending You that like it, it went, you know, it was a little bit you know, crazy. And I remember it was really, you know, basically it was a, lo- a lot of like negativity I was getting and you know i just tried like you know i was having a lot of panic attacks like the miss universe i feel so bad for them they had to send me to the er so many times for really? panic attacks really and they yes and they had to put also like special security for me you know because of the death threats so every time like you know i would walk downstairs and i would like literally i would leave my room the security is waiting for me outside my room and they had to walk with us and all the girls are like what is going on And then, you know, I talked to them and they're like, no, Sarah, it's okay. It's for our security, for your security. But I remember, um, it was the president Paula sugar. She came to me, um, one day before the televised pageant. And she told me this, she said, Sarah, if you want to leave the pageant, it's okay. And I can make an announcement and you can like. I said, why are you telling me this? You know, because I don't want to cause you any problems. You're going to be on televised TV. But that's when I basically realized I don't have a chance with Miss Universe.
1: <laughs> so, so they, <laughs> because
0: I, I, I sense they were they were scared.
1: They were scared they were for, scared for of them li- and they were scared for you. Right, yeah. The, some not can, some they terrorist could come in. They, and, she
0: came and she told me to withdraw. She said, if you want to withdraw, it's fine. We can just say you change your mind. I looked at her, I said, are you kidding me? I said, after everything that I've been through, you think I'm going to withdraw now? No. But that's when I realized was done. It's kind of sad, you know? Um, But I would say this, and this is what, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand. They ask me like, why did you become an activist for the Jewish people and like for Israel? It's because literally when this thing happened, I, uh, I was getting, you know, like a lot of hate and a lot of conspiracy theories. Like there are still like videos on YouTube, people accusing me of being secretly secretly jewish and saying that i was born in tel aviv and they started showing my pictures when i was with the u.s military and saying oh she's a cia mossad agent i don't know how they manage
1: you joined both you joined both services I, at 18. i'm cia and i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm mossad, mossad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know how i did it but i did it right <laughs> and yeah i was getting a lot of hate um, saying I'm a descendant of pigs and monkeys, that I'm going to hell, and I was getting anti-Semitism basically. So, so you, because all those people, they thought you were I was you're Jewish.
1: Jewish. So you, you, you were subject to the worst kind of anti-Semitism, and hatred of Israel, and hatred of being Jewish, and to to the point where people thought you were Jewish, or believe wanted to believe that you were Jewish. And you got a taste of what that is like for Israelis and Jewish people. Is that more or less Exactly. Accurate?
0: Because in the beginning, I was trying to converse with the people and say, why do you say that? No, they're just a religion. Like, they're mentioned in Quran. They're just like us. And they're like, no, they're cursed by God. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, that's what a lot of Muslims believe. Like, I, that's not how I was raised. But apparently, yeah, that's when I realized we have anti-Semitism issue in our religion. And, you know, like, I remember, like, many accounts, they even had, like, pictures of Hitler and, like, and some other Nazi leaders and telling me, oh, Hitler, like, should have finished the job. Like, it was, and I still get that right away. It's not, it's, this is something daily. Like, I can guarantee you right now, if I go on my Instagram and I look in the last few hours, I will see someone who said, you're a Jew, like, always oh, something with a Jew, you know? um so yeah this is why i launched my activism because i realized and i and i know this mentality i know this mentality very well this mentality is the reason why i lost my country you know this is the mentality of the people who caused the civil war who are killing me because i was sunni killing in a shia because he was shia it's the same radical islamist so when even when i like in my work when i'm motivated like for me radical Islam has is always been like a big, like big concern for me, you know. And, and, and
1: you know, it's it's so it's so amazing hearing you saying that because so many Americans in this country, uh, on the left, uh, Democrats, you can't say radical Islam because Islam's a nation of a religion of peace, which there are people who follow Islam who are peaceful, but they don't want to recognize that there is a a movement within Islam, which is pretty large, that want to destroy everything that's not Islamic.
0: If we did not have radical Islamists, we would have democracies in the Middle East. But that should tell you something. (laughs)
1: Right. right, right. You know, you look at
0: Saudi Arabia, you look at Emirates, do you know how, like, they're working, like, 24-7 to to find radical Islamists in their communities, in their mosques, in their countries, and fighting them? Like, for them, this is an ongoing war. People, they think in in Muslim countries, like, Muslims suffer from radical Islam, too. And sadly, yeah, we have it in huge numbers. It's an issue for us, as well. You know, so, no, they're... You know, this is something that Americans like me to understand. It's okay to talk about it. And yes, radical Islam does exist. I'm, I'm living proof that, that, you know, I cannot even go back to my country, that my childhood, that the Civil War should tell you that, yeah, we do have radical Islamists. And they do target not only Americans and Westerns. I mean, yeah, the U.S. is on their top list and other religions is on their top list to kill, but they even hate their own you know they want you to be just as corrupt and you look at iran look at the iranian regime how they treat their own people
1: yeah especially now with they're the just
0: they're just corrupt yeah. people they're just corrupt people yeah.
1: and is, uh, the iranian people are rising up now the, the the woman especially you know against the hijab and hopefully uh you know the, these people are extremely brave uh, when no one's helping them at this point and uh, exactly yeah and it's, mm-hmm. just, uh, it's just it's just it just fascinates me how how, how so many in this country apologize for that type of behavior and let it go on. And, and these are progressives who care about women's rights. And then here a woman are being tortured, subjugated, you have, killed. You
0: have no idea how many times I had these fights with those progressives and people who were like, try to tell me about my religion, try to tell me, uh, I'm like, You know, like, I'm the one who lived it. Like, shut up. Like, you were born privileged here in the United States. You you were never forced to wear hijab. You were never, like, you didn't have any of your freedoms taken. You know, they don't get it. I think, and I always say this, those people, give them one day, one day in our countries, and watch them how watch how they change yeah, their
1: tune. Yeah, yeah. I remember in um, I think it was '91 or a, a Desert Storm, where uh, I think it was '91, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe a little later. I don't remember exactly when. But
0: 1990, I think. Yeah, 90, 1991,
1: 1991. But Americans yeah. went. Americans yeah. went to Iraq to act as human shields around missiles and the Iraqi people again are you crazy <laughs> these were Americans coming because they didn't want Americans to bomb certain places in Iraq and they put themselves as human shields they said do you know what you're defending you're defending a dictator who kills people
0: yeah exactly and just, who who, who gas his own people killed 200,000 halabche you know who uh uh, who is the cause of the entire, like the sanctions, because he wants to be the leader of all the Arab countries. And he wants to uh, remove Israel from the map. And like, he's an insane person is, and is, killing his own people. That, yeah, they don't care.
1: Isn't amazing? The only country in the UN that is vocal about destroying a member state, wiping them off the map, Iran against Israel, and they get to sit in the same body, the Iranian president spoke at the UN, and it's like nothing—nothing no, going get on. Me started no, on It's the just UN. absolutely <laughs> staggering. Where else does one member state? They have stand?
0: Iran sitting at the committee of women rights. Yeah, that makes
1: all the still, sense in the world, right? That makes a mockery still. of of the of, of of all that the UN and 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 all of these organizations the are. Is,
0: the UN, I don't know. When people hear the UN, they think it's this amazing organization about her, uh, human rights. It's not. It's the most corrupt entity I ever came across, and I. I went and I spoke uh, twice. I went to their Human Rights Council in Geneva, and I went to New York, and I've seen them and I've heard their speeches. I've heard the countries, and it, it's nothing like what people would imagine. You really need to be involved in that world to understand.
1: Unbelievable. So, so you started an organization, right? Uh, humanity mm-hmm. Forward. And I, before we talk about that, you went back. You went actually went to Israel. And met Adar, which I think was 2019 or so, if I'm not mistaken. 2018. 2018, okay. I saw it on YouTube. You went, you met Adar again, you hugged, beautiful reunion. And you went to Israel's Machane Yehuda, which is the uh, marketplace. And the Iraqi Jews who were there were greeting you. A woman was standing in line to take pictures with you. They were so happy to see you. Could you just tell us about
0: that? It was an amazing experience. Oh my God. I remember, like, when I uh, went to Israel, I didn't know what was waiting for me. Um, but I do remember a lot of my Iraqi Jewish friends who are living here in LA, um, they told me not to go, actually. Isn't that crazy? Why? They told me, why, Sarah, don't they go. They said, why? Um, they said, because, you know, at the time, even before the pageant, I, I was making music in Cairo, in Egypt, and I was working with Arab. Uh, like media, uh, music industry. And they told me, they said, if you go to Israel, that would be it for you. No more relations with any Arabs. You cannot even go to Arab countries. And I said, I really don't care. I said, I think this cause is more important. I remember I talked with AJC and they were the ones who invited me, you know, to go there and like, you know, to sponsor me and also to speak. I went and I spoke uh, at their huge conference there. Right, the, um, the AJC
1: is the American and, Jewish Committee, right? Amer- American
0: yeah. Jewish Committee. Sorry, sometimes no, okay. I forget. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I remember like they told me they said Sarah, they said we we really don't have any Iraqis, you know, who feel safe enough like to come and speak, who desperately needs Iraqi people, you know, Arab voices to come and say we want peace with Israel. And I said, "What do you mean? Like, no one?" They're like, "No, no one." And I just felt like I had to be the first to do it. I thought, you know. Like, I was already blessed that I live in the U.S. and I'm safe. Like, who cares about the relations with Arabs? I've always thought that sooner or later there will be peace between Israel and Arabs. And it did happen, the Abraham Accords. Um, So, yeah, I went there and I remember, you know, I didn't know what was waiting for me. And I also had Palestinian-American friends here who I spoke with and I... And I said, listen, I'm I'm going to go and I'm going to have a speech. I want to talk about you know peace, but I don't want to insult you in any way. So I remember I even had them, you know, they they looked at my speech and they were like, no, Sarah, it's fine. And they're like, yeah, you know, like we just want peace. But they're you know, a policy American who really wants peace with Israel. They're not like, you know, the Hamas people, <laughs> you know, resistance people. And um, I remember yeah, I went there and... The minute i got to the air uh, to the hotel the guy who came he was like the hotel manager it was waldorf astoria his name was mustafa and he came up to me he's like oh let me take your bags and let, let us welcome you i said wait i said your name is Mustafa." it's like i'm like you're an era he's like i'm like what are you doing here <laughs> i was complete ignorance because I thought Israel was, you know, that's what the media tells us, right? right? You know that two million, is two, Jew-
1: two million Arabs Jewish are, state. are Israeli citizens. I didn't know. With full rights. I didn't know. <laughs> Not the apartheid I didn't know. garbage that so is spread.
0: He was, he was literally, he was laughing at me. And he's like, is this your first time here? I said, yeah. I said, Sarah, there's so many Arabs who live here. So said, but you're Palestinian. You're like, "Yeah," And I'm like, and you live in Israel. He's like, yeah, I'm Israeli Arab, but yeah, my ancestors are Palestinians. So, but I call myself Israeli Arab, but yeah, I'm also Palestinian. And I said, hold on. I said, we got, we need to have like a long conversation. I need to hear your side, you know, because you live here. And I remember I had breakfast with him and he was telling me, and he said, Sarah, it's like everything you've heard. He's like, let me tell you, we have only one problem. And that problem is al-fasail al-musallaha which means the militias, like Hamas, Islamic Jihad. And he said, those are the problem. He said, Palestinians, even in the West Bank, like we want to we coexist, we want to find a solution. But there are people who don't want a solution. And that really changed my perspective. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, after that, like, you know, going meeting with Iraqis and like, and I went to, uh, I went to Yafa and Haifa. And there are like, you know, there are areas in Israel that are full of Arabs, you know, and Muslims. Right, and just to with us.
1: Haifa is one of mm-hmm. the most assimilated, the most integrated cities in Israel with uh, a large, mm-hmm. large, large uh, Israeli Arab yeah. population. And they live together in the same neighborhoods as Israel. Exactly, and do. I
0: remember, yeah, I remember I was walking in. it was actually during the time, it was the end of Ramadan and the beginning of Eid. So when I was walking in the streets, and I remember, I like, I looked at the families, like Muslim families, like women wearing hijab. And then you see people wearing kippa, and, like, you know, they're Jewish. And I looked at the signs and they had all these signs in the streets that said Ramadan Kareem. And it said Ait Sa'id. Like, you know, uh, they acknowledge, they acknowledge the Muslims holidays. And, and they said it in Arabic and they said it in Hebrew. And I remember and I looked at it and I said, wow, I said, this is a democracy. Like, this is like the U.S., this is how the Arab, all the Arab countries should be. They're,
1: sorry, as you, you know, there are Arab, there are Israeli Arabs mm-hmm. who sit in Israel, Israel's parliament. They have seats in the Israeli parliament. chief, one of the justices oh, on oh, oh, other yeah. the of yeah. the on the Israeli uh, uh, Supreme Court is an Israeli <laughs> Arab.
0: You, you need to understand. This happened like in two thousand eighteen. I just rolled out of Miss Universe. Yeah, I'm just, no, no, I no, not blaming you at job. all. I'm just
1: saying. I'm saying for our viewers to <laughs> yeah. realize the culture shock. You yeah. went there, but. The lies that are constantly uh, spread about Israel and the Jewish people is just not so. All you have to do is what you did. Just go there.
0: Exactly. That's what I always tell people, you know. And I've watched watched so many of my American friends here from California who are very progressive. And, you know, some of them, one of my friends, uh, he, he found out through DNA tests or something that he was Jewish. And he went on his birthright and he was he's like a Bernie Sanders, you know, supporter, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, you know, so you understand how they feel about Israel. And he came back and he's like, Sarah, oh, my God, (laughs) he he completely changed. He's like, I don't get the progressives here. Why are we anti-Israel? It's such a like a beautiful democracy and they're surrounded by all these countries that want to kill them and, you know, want to wipe them off the map. I'm like now you understand. He's like now I understand, and I. That's what I always tell people: go there before you say before before you go on Google, open articles, and think. You know you're educated. Go there, just go there. Talk to the people.
1: wow beautiful, sir. So tell us about uh, Humanity Forward. What is it? When did you start it, and what do you do?
0: I started Humanity Forward at the end of 2018, you know, this, you know, after I came back from Israel because, you know, I was being invited a lot to speak and I realized I really have some sort of influence and I decided, you know, what? I need to start this organization. I need to really bring like Arabs and Muslims together and I, I still have you know, a huge, or like, Iraqi following on Instagram and Arab following. And, you know, I just wanted to, like, my purpose of my organization is to raise awareness. Um, I make, like, daily posts about that, but I also go and speak on universities and on campuses and um, in different countries. You know, I went to speak in South Africa during the week of apartheid. I went to speak in Germany. I went to speak in the U.K., you know, like all over the world. And um, I also, what I do a lot with my organization, sometimes I will uh, work with other organizations like um, Israeli Flying Aid or Save a Child's Heart, you know, and try to bring, like, try to get them in touch with Iraqis, you know, who need help and who Arabs, because I think that's the way you can bridge, you know, and bring people together. Like there need to be a sense of uh, unity, sense of, uh, they need to feel like someone cares about them, you know. And yeah, basically that's wow, what I've been doing wow, with my wow. organization. And
1: this is, yeah. and this is, I'm going to put a link down below in the description. This is a nonprofit, and you run on on donations or in charitable deductions, right? Charitable things—that's mm-hmm. how you 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 do your work, which is amazing. Last thing for you, I want you to have the last word on this. If you could, what message would you give the 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 Muslim world about America, about Israel, about existing as a, as 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 citizens of this world and not wanting to kill
0: well to the muslim world i think we really need to reform we need to reform and we need to stop allowing radical voices to have pl- platforms and speak and preach to people whether it's online or on tv or in mosques or in schools we really need to start working on that like you know islam is the only religion that's not reformed you know christianity been reformed Jesus, judaism been reformed but we still like live with the laws of a thousand right, you're years still ago in the 12th you know? century.
1: you're still living in the south exactly world exactly Lord, you
0: know. and you know but the good thing i think a lot of the muslims now are waking up in the arab world i would say i don't know about other countries but in the arab world they're waking up they're becoming more westernized not westernized become more free we always say westernized because that's where freedom came from you know like as arab people we look at the west and we're like freedom and i think they became more like the west in their freedom and but we really need to focus on that because in the muslim world um we tend to be get more defensive if we feel like our religion is under attack and it's normal reaction yeah we should do that but we should not get defensive if it's someone who is radical or it's a radical thought or radical policy that's being questioned. You know, we need to draw a line, I would say.
1: Yeah, wow, great, great message. Uh, uh, Sarah, keep doing what you're doing. God bless you. It's just amazing. All from one selfie. That's uh, uh, Folks, I'll put it in the description. I'll put a link to that one selfie that sparked – an organization that got you on speaking circuits, that also got death threats, but you, you're you speaking the, the truth and, 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 and the courage that it takes because, uh, let's face it, not everyone could do what you do. And you know that, right?
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but you know, I, I think since I came out like and you know, spoke, I think now a lot of Arabs are doing that, especially after the Abraham Accords. So hopefully we'll see more people in the future.
1: Wow. Are you hearing that from like your friends? Uh, Are you seeing that in the people that you you know? Are they telling you that? Oh,
0: definitely. Definitely. Things have changed. Like after the Abraham Accords, they changed 100%. You know, the Arab countries, especially the Arab countries now, they're trying to build relations with Israel, like Emirates, Bahrain, even Saudi Arabia. They're trying to do that. Um, I
1: had on the show just a few weeks ago, uh, Jason Greenblatt, and he was talking about the Abraham Accords, and he was saying, look, I was meeting with the Palestinians. I was meeting with the Arab nations, and they wa- the the young people. They want to have peace. They, they in fact, he said, we want the Palestinians, teenage, young people said, we want a mobile eye like Intel, yeah. a $15 billion company bought an Israeli company called mobile eye. We want to have one. So he tried to arrange something. But Mahmoud Abbas's uh, uh, um, Palestinian Authority said it can only be ten people in a special room. No photography. No, mm-hmm. they didn't want anything. They didn't want it to be out there. They didn't want a forum. And uh, um, yeah. I, I said, what, "What do you see?" Yeah, with-
0: because they want to. They want to keep taking money from the UN from yeah, the world. Yeah. how much? How much, mo- how much money did Biden gives them? Like One hundred and sixty many... million or something. Yeah, they just
1: don't get it, you know? Know? And, and they paid and and billions the, of dollars. The, off he, it. He's
0: living. They, they want to live off donation and from the world, and they're not even, you know, giving that money to their people. Right. The Palestinians right. don't have, you know, they they kind of like Iraq under Saddam, you know, like they get electricity only a few hours a yeah, day, yeah. like you know they cannot work because. Abbas and you know all those people they keep the money to themselves no, this someone, is why they and, they need to change and
1: someone came up to me and said look what israel's doing in gaza i go israel doesn't is not in gaza it's run by hamas everything you hear is what's There's happening with hamas yeah they just don't care it's not
0: a single yeah and they they need to understand the people who are funding hamas are like terrorists you know like the iranian regime and like the muslim brotherhood people who hate the united states who hate israel this is not about helping palestinians this is about killing all the Jews, you know? Like, this is literally, you know, you look at the, their flags, you know, death to the Jews, you know, victory to Islam, like, this is their ideology. So, no, you're supporting genocide of the Jewish people. Oh, yeah. They're not supporting yeah. freedom.
1: freedom. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, yeah, which means wiping out the Jewish people. They don't understand, state. like, no?
0: why can't they understand even Egypt would not let, they have, you know, a siege on Gaza too. They would right. not let a single... Gazan through the borders so this is not just Israel. this should tell you that even arab muslims don't want them in their country because they know how dangerous they are and they're radical
1: yeah just amazing uh folks the amazing sarah idan who just took an instagram thought it was an innocent thing took a picture posted on instagram and changed the world sarah thank you so much god bless you and continue to do great things
0: thank you thank you so
1: much Thanks for listening to this episode of The Charles Mizrahi Show. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you've been listening for a while, we're glad to have you back. Either way, we'd love to know what you think of the show. Please leave a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Reviews make it easier for others to find the show. You can also see the video of the interview on The Charles Mizrahi Show channel on YouTube.